Right behind me is a remnant of the Santa Fe Trail. The promise of the trail is peace and prosperity. Go to California and get rich, or head to Oregon and find your own land. It's a promise of blessing and a new future full of life. For the pioneering generations, these trails were new routes of discovery. But for us, we look back on these trails and we might think of the ruts, signs of a road well-worn. This would have been traveled thousands of times by hundreds of thousands of people. And that's because once the trail was blazed, it became a reliable path towards the desired destination. So the way to reach the promise? Well, just follow the path. When it comes to finding God, a lot of people are still trying to blaze their own trails. I mean, how do you even go about finding God? Well, it's not about living in a new age of religion. It's about going forward by going backward. Backward along the tried and true paths that lead us to God. The paths of scripture and prayer, of Sabbath and story, of community and generosity and worship and service. Heartland family, get ready for us to walk some ancient paths together as we experience the blessings of the Jesus First Life in this new teaching series we've called Ancient Paths as we find our way with Jesus. All right, Harlan, how are we doing today? We doing all right? Oh, welcome. Hey, my name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. Uh, if you're joining us online, hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, today's a big day. I got some friends who are joining us online. Ryan and Sarah are actually joining us right now in this service. It's a big day for them. We just want to welcome them. And can you guys just welcome those two people in uh, their watch online? It's kind of a big deal. So. Grateful you guys are with us. Just grateful to the Lord for that. Hey, um, we, are, uh, we are taking steps forward by going backwards. I know that sounds like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, but hang with me. We'll figure this out together. The Jesus first life is one in which we have movement. It pushes us somewhere and pushes us in a direction. And, and here's why uh, we're starting this series, and here's why we're even talking about this, uh, even all about this. There's a lot of free advice in the world when it comes to spirituality. You can go online and find any type of opinion about how, how you find God. In fact, if you were to Google the question, how do I find God, you would get something like 8 billion results. I did this uh, just the other day just to see what would come up, and I was kind of uh, interested in some of the, the answers that uh, Google presented me with. How do I find God? Uh, some of the things that I found were, were like this. Um, someone said uh, that the quest for God begins inside of each one of us. One suggestion said, whatever God you want to follow is already in your mind, and so just thinking about God becomes God. Who knew? Uh, this, I saw this one. Uh, someone suggested maybe the way to find God is by finding a form of worship that you feel comfortable with and that you enjoy. Okay, real talk. How many people think that this is the way that you find God? No, I mean, if you were to follow these paths, where would you be led to? You would be led to you, is the answer. You would be led to more of you. Now, let's be real. Um, how many of you in your life don't need more of you, you need less of you? Come on now. Some honest people here. How many in this room, uh, you, you led you into some real trouble for you before? Right? I mean, you viewed you so much that you need a little less of you need something else. You, you, we, this, is, this is the problem is that we, we go in many directions and find that the answers that we just throw at each other over how do we find God all ultimately end up in us. And, 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 and listen, I want less of me. I want more of God. I want less of my own 
wisdom, less of my own problems and more of God's wisdom and more of God's solutions. So how, how do I get to know God and truly live the life that I've always wanted that he's promised me in his word? That's a great question. Is it How do I actually get that? It's a question we've all wondered. We've all wanted to know how do I actually live the life I was designed to live? And that's what we're talking about in this series, Ancient Paths, over the next couple of weeks as we look at different routes that God has prepared for us to find him and to follow him. The idea for this series stems from a single verse in, in the book of Jeremiah. If you're the type of person that likes to open your Bible when the pastor talks about what the verse is going to be, I want you to invite you to Jeremiah chapter 6. You can Google this if you need to. Jeremiah 6 verse 16 is, is sort of where, where we want to start this morning. And just to give you the backdrop, it was about 500 years before Jesus shows up in the history of humanity. The people of God, the Israelites, have followed their own advice and left God out of their lives and God gave them over to their own devices. God let them have what they wanted in this world and, and it ultimately led to them being ruled by other people away from their homeland and in captivity. They wanted in this, in this moment to get the blessings of God but they didn't know how to find God and so God raised up from among them a prophet named Jeremiah. Jeremiah spoke to the people to tell them what to do. He was a man who would walk the streets and proclaim and point the people to God. And this is what he says in uh, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Look at it with me. Here's what it says. It says, this is what the Lord says. We're going to talk about that really quickly. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. I don't know about you, but I could use some rest for my soul. Not just a nap. Not just like a Sunday nap. I could use more than just a Sunday nap. Do you feel me? I could use rest, purpose, peace inside of me. This, this understanding that I know the person God made me to be and I know the God who made me. Rest for my souls. So how do we get that rest? Well, we ask for the ancient paths, the old ways. Here's the good news that we're going to discover in this series is that you and I don't need to find a new way to approach God. You and I don't need to create new avenues to understand who God is or what he's done. All we need to do is actually ask for God to show us in the paths that he's already given us and to walk out that which has already been established for us. The trails that have been blazed, so to speak. And the first path that we want to talk about today is a path that's embedded here in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. It's the ancient path of what God has said. Look at, look at this. It says, this is what the Lord says. First thing I want you to notice about this ancient path that we're talking about today is that God has spoken to us. Anybody believe that God speaks to us? I believe that so clearly with all of my heart that God is a God who is speaking to us. And if you're new or if you're newer to Christianity, that might sound really weird to you that we believe in a God that actually speaks. Like, like if God speaks, how does he sound? What does he sound like? And have you ever heard his voice, Dan? Maybe that's what you're asking. Um, those are really important questions. And, and as a pastor, you might think that I have like a different back channel to the, to the voice of God than maybe you have. But that's not true. We're all in this together. We're all walking by faith after the same God. And I've had seasons in my life where I've wanted so clearly for God to show up in my life and to speak audibly to me. I mean, wouldn't that just be amazing? 
Like it would have saved me a lot of time in prayer and a lot of anxiety and conversations and a lot of stress. Had a couple months ago when Chris and I were kind of weighing what options God would have for us in the future here at Heartland if God was just like, Dan. Which is my best James Earl Jones impersonation. Because <laughs> we all know God sounds like James Earl Jones. Dan, go to Kansas City, to Heartland. <laughs> it's like the Field of Dreams voice. Dan, it's okay. You're going to marry a girl named Kristen. She's beautiful and way funnier than you and way out of your league. Just relax. Right? Like, like I wish there was these moments in my life where God would just audibly speak to me. And I just want to confess to you, I've never had that moment. Yeah, I just, I've, I've never had an experience with God where I heard him speak. And I just want to say that because I think some of us expect that. We expect God to show up, you know, in a, in a, in a better form of Siri, in a better form of Alexa, in a better form of some, some assistant that's going to direct us. We want to hear his voice. And we kind of expect this because when I open the Bible and I read the Bible, I see people like Moses who knew God and walked with God and heard his voice. I look at Abraham and I see that he had conversations with God and he heard his voice. I look at the moment that Jesus was baptized. You remember this moment in the New Testament? Jesus is baptized and literally the heavens part. A dove descends and a voice audibly speaks, this is my son whom I love. We... We want these moments and we see time and time and time again, just like here in Jeremiah 6, 16, these moments in the Bible where it says, this is what the Lord says. And I'm so glad that God speaks because our faith isn't about us discovering what's already in us. Our faith is about us walking out what God has told us. And this is incredible if you think about it. That God has spoken, the almighty God has spoken to, to finite us because he wants us to hear him. <laughs> I used to go to Thanksgiving dinners in my extended family and one of the traits of my family was that everybody at dinner time would speak and nobody would listen. It's still kind of like that today. Why do we speak to one another? Well, we speak because we want to express ourselves and we want to be heard. We want to, tell, you want, we want to share with each other. We want, we want to be known by the person we're talking to. Why does God speak? Why does God even bother speaking to us? I mean, so many people are, are listening for God, but listening in the weird ways and different ways and not the ancient ways. But so, so why would he speak? He speaks because God at his fundamental core wants us to know him. God is not hiding, trying for us to figure out where he is. God has spoken to us so that you could know the heart of this good, great, gracious God. He wants to be known and he wants us to find him. And maybe that alone is what you needed today. Maybe you're in a season of life where you feel like you're, you're begging for a word from God and it feels like he's left you or he's angry with you and you don't even know if, if there's a way for you to hear what he wants you to do. You're at a metaphorical crossroads, so to speak, and, and you want to know, God, what should I do? I hope it's encouraging for you to know that God has spoken and because it's spoken, he's, it means that he wants us to find him. And so what do we do? He says to us, stop, look, 
and listen. Look, look back at Jeremiah 6.16 with me. He says, first, stand. Like, like, like at the crossroads of life, just when you get to those decision points, when you're not sure which way to go and you're asking for help, just stop and stand. So many times in life, we just plow ahead thinking we'll figure this out. And, and yet we roll right through the, the path that God wants us to go down. But God says, stop. And he says, look. Look around. Look what I've provided you. Look, look who's here with you. And then he says this. He says, ask. Ask for the ancient path, the good path, the, the, the wise path. Ancient in the Old Testament is a way to talk about God. One of the, the names of God in the Old Testament is the ancient of days. Psalm uh, 119 tells us that God's word, God's law is called the ancient law. Jeremiah tells us that his ways are ancient paths, that God has prepared for us uh, in his character and in his ways, a, a way for us to connect with him that is from him. So how do we walk this ancient path of hearing from God? Well, God has spoken to us, but I hope that this encourages you as well, that not only did God speak to us, but God has written to us. How many people know that God wrote a bestseller decade after decade after decade after decade? God has actually put pen to paper for us to be able to see and hear his heart. At various moments in history when God's spirit met and directed the prophets or, or was at work in Israel's history, the Holy Spirit enlisted the work of people to write down what God wanted to be written down. Sometimes, like in Jeremiah, it was a um, historical word for word. This is what God is saying. Other times, it was a historical account. And sometimes, it was just a, a poem of praise. But for each word that is written for us, it is a benefit that we might hear the heart of God. We call this word that God has written scripture, which is literally the writings, or what we just call the Bible. The Bible is... Um, that which has the voice of God bound up in a book. God's voice, when we open this book, is able to sing from the page through the spirit into our hearts. That if I want to hear God speak, I need to go to what he's written. Psalm 119, 105 says it very clearly for us. It says in, in the scripture, it says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path which means all we need to hear God's voice is to open up the Bible. And I'm blown away that even though God would speak to us, even that he would do that, but I'm also grateful for the miracle that God over generation after generation has told us in writing what he wants from us and how we can find him. You know, the ancients used to believe that the gods were angry and the gods were fickle and that the gods would be changing their mind and moving the target, almost like CDC guidance on masks. You want one thing one day, another thing another day, another thing another day. And they believed that the gods didn't have one clear route. And, and, then, and then God revealed himself to the Israelites and he said, this is my law, write it down in stone for it'll never change. And that's a blessing for us that God has told us exactly who he is and exactly what he's doing and exactly who we are. God has written to us. Some people have tried to poke um, holes 
at the Bible saying, you know, it was just, it was, it was um, corrupted by scribes who um, wrote this down and then used it for their own political gain back in the day. And um, the followers of Jesus, maybe uh, he didn't rise from the dead, but they just made up this myth so that they could, you know, woo people to their side. And um, after tons of study and, and, and research and verification, the amount of credibility that exists within the Bible is, is astounding to me. Because from cover to cover, the Bible tells a consistent story of a God who is good and holy and kind and generous and pure. It tells one story of this God who out of his abundant love created an entire world to showcase his glory, but that creation turned away from him and instead chose to reject God's authority over their lives. Instead of choosing obedience, which would lead to, to, to life, they chose disobedience, which would lead to death. Despite wanting to be close to God, nobody could ever be as giving or kind or pure or generous as God was. God even gave these people directions. He gave them his voice as to what they should do to be close to him. And still, they turned away. In fact, just to prove that to you, Jeremiah 6, verse 16 has one line at the end of it that I haven't read yet. Let me read it to you again and show you just how God's word shows us exactly who we are. This is what it says. Um, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the good way where it is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. This is the last part of verse 16. But you said, we will not walk in it. I mean, how much like us today is that? Okay, so have you ever gone to the doctor and then tell you that you need to make adjustments to your diet only to go right back to Joe's barbecue? And you're like, less red meat, that's fine. I'll cut down from five burgers a week to four and one of them will just be a double. Or, or like exercise, right? Like they tell you like, hey, run for 30 minutes a day or, or you know, get your heart rate elevated. And you're like, that's great, I'll walk. How about that? I'll just do a little bit less because... We are stubborn people. We are left to our own devices. We often choose not what God has set out for us or what is wise, but we choose what is comfortable for us and what we know. We are victims of our own devices. We are no different from the first humans. And so out of this kind and generous and giving and pure heart, God wrote himself into this story. He sent himself in the person of Jesus who came into this world to bring the world who, those who are far from God, back to God. Right before Jesus was born, his uncle Zechariah made this prophecy found in Luke chapter one, which says this, that Jesus was going to come for this purpose, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, those who were kind of captive to sin, and to guide our feet into the, notice this, path of peace. And this peace was bought through his sacrifice. Jesus gave up his own life to satisfy the penalty of our sin and that sin that happened all the way at the beginning and even still the sin that riddles our lives today. And then like a Trojan horse, Jesus gave up his life and entered the tomb on that Good Friday. But he busted out of it on, on Easter Sunday, defeating death and conquering sin and rising to new life. He revealed himself to hundreds of his followers and he sent his spirit to those who have faith to guide us and comfort us and keep us and remind us of all the things that Jesus had said. 
It was by the Spirit that some of those followers wrote gospel accounts of Jesus' life. Others wrote letters to one another about the Jesus' first life. But cover to cover, it is the same story of how God has covered the distance and brought us out of our rebellion against him and into a relationship with him once again. That's the story that God has written. It's an incredible story. It's the best story. We find the ancient path then in the fact that God has written it down this one story for all of us, for you and for me. And at the center of this story is contrary to what we've all been told, is not you. At the center of this story is God. At the center of this story is Jesus. And this is why I read the Bible. Because I want to know what difference does Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection from the grave make in my own personal relationships? What difference does Jesus' life, death, and resurrection from the dead, dead make in my own business dealings? What difference does Jesus' life, death, and resurrection make in my finances? What difference does life, Jesus' life, death, and burial, and resurrection make in my day-to-day life? It's found here in the scriptures. I want to know what difference Jesus makes in the possibilities ahead of me and what difference Jesus makes in the mistakes behind me. And I don't have to Google it. I can just open it and read directly from God's heart. Every time I open up God's word, I hear what he has to say about who he is. So God has spoken to us and God has written to us. But maybe the greatest revelation of God's voice came in the fact that God came to us. Jesus uh, came and blazed a trail from heaven to earth. And when John, the disciple of Jesus, sat down to write about the remarkable life of Jesus that had transformed his own life, he, he started at the beginning of his own gospel account, which is the record of, of, of what he saw Jesus do. And th- these are the words that he said to describe what Jesus coming to earth was like. He put it this way. He said, the word, the word of God, the word became flesh and lived among us. Later in John 14, he would record these words about what Jesus had said about himself. He'd say, Jesus said, I am the way, like I'm the path, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Almost as if to say, if you want to find God, you've got to go through Jesus, who is God, who has come to us. One last scripture to bring this all around. I think Hebrews 1 makes this very clear. Notice, notice how the author of Hebrews puts it. It says, in the past, God spoke to us through our prophets and at many times in various ways, but in these last days, which we could even include today, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. Friends, as impossible and as improbable as it sounds, you can know God because God has come and God has written to us and God has spoken to us because God wants you to find him. So maybe I can guide us down this path of scripture. Maybe I can guide us down this path of how do we take steps to actually understand who God is through his word. I want to give you uh, five very quick just bullet points of how we approach scripture very, very, very briefly. Um, The first is this, is that whenever we come to God's word, uh, it being a supernatural book that the spirit has written through human authors, one of the best things we can do is start in prayer. Prayer is just simply asking God for help. 
I have um, two degrees. One is a bachelor's, one is a master's. Both of them are in the Bible. And I will tell you the most common prayer that I pray is still, God, help me understand because I don't understand. One of the greatest things we can do is actually ask God to not rely on the wisdom of others, but ask God by his spirit to just, God, would you open up my mind? Would you illuminate this text for me to be able to understand what you're saying? I would love for you to to start whenever you open up your app or whenever you open up the Bible, just to start with your hands open and say, God, would you help me today understand what you're trying to say to me? The second thing is this. um, I would really want to encourage us to think about the Bible this way. Choose a starting place. Choose a starting place. How many of us have, um, you can just out yourself here for a second, I'll out myself with you. Um, January 1st rolls around and so you start a brand new Bible plan because it's the first of the year and so you start in Genesis chapter one, verse one. Anybody else done that? Totally. And then uh, how many of you, uh, December 31st comes around and you finish Revelation chapter 21? How many? Nope, not me either. Um, Right, uh, so we can sometimes set ourselves up for failure by where we start. The other way we might fail is just by um, how many people open an app and just scroll and flick and let it settle. Or you um, open the Bible and just point and say, this is what I imagine you're gonna say to me. Um, this is Jeremiah 8, um, 4. When people fall down, do they not get up? That's God's word for me today, I guess. Close the book. Both of those approaches, I think, fail because God wrote a book and it's made up of different books. The starting place that I want to encourage us at Harlan to think about so that we can understand God's word is to think about God's word in the individual writings. So uh, if you're new to the Bible, I want to encourage you to start right in the middle in this group of writings that we call the Gospels. They're the good news of what Jesus has done. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all wrote books or letters about Jesus' life. And you can pick one. And just read every day a little bit more in that book. By doing that, you get to understand who the author was, what they were writing about, what the themes are that they want us to understand. And it keeps you from taking verses and just using them in whatever way that you want. You can actually understand why it says what it says the way it says it. We need to start in the right place. If um, you get done with that, right after the Gospels is this book called Acts. It's kind of like the miracles that God did in the early church. After that are some letters that Christians wrote to other churches to help them put Jesus first in their life. All of these are, 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 have themes, and, and if we read a book, you'll catch them easier. Number three is um, simply this, practice this daily. Practice daily. The um, early church, some of you, uh, when I say we should read the Bible, um, some of you are like, well, that's great. I don't read. I had a guy up here uh, right after the service, last service, and he goes, that's great. I stopped reading in middle school. And I was like, bro, you're 34. Like... <laughs> How is that possible? Do you not read Facebook posts? Do you not read anything on the internet? You don't read? He goes, I don't like to read. I said, great. You and the early Christians had a lot in common because they didn't have personal Bibles to open up on a daily basis either. So they wouldn't read the Bible. They would go gather together on a daily basis and someone would read it out loud and they would listen to the Bible. The Bible is actually transmitted orally to be heard. So if you're someone who, you know, God forbid you don't like to read, I want to encourage you, you can still engage God's word by hearing it. One of the ways that I do this is by an app called the Dwell app, or the Version Bible app will read you scripture on a daily basis as well. But whatever it is, practice it daily. When we open up God's word, we find that his mercies are new every morning. Fourth, I want to encourage you this way. Um, Don't make the same mistake 
that we make when we get yearbooks in high school. Do you remember what you did when you got a yearbook in high school? You opened up to the first page and you started flipping through page by page by page. And what were you looking for? You were looking for pictures of who? Just me. They made this whole yearbook. All I cared about were my own pictures. And some of us, we, we approach the Bible and we start flipping through it going, where am I? And the reality is, is when we come to this, here's the point. I want us just to, to look and see God first before you try and look for yourself. When you come to the Bible, a lot of us try and just find where am I at in the story? Where, what did God are you doing for me? But at the center of the Bible is not you. It's God. And so as you come to the scriptures, have an attitude, an approach that would say, God, help me today to see who you are. And in light of who you are, help me to see who I am. All of us need a little bit more perspective on who God is. Maybe a little less perspective on who we are. So see God first and then yourself. And finally, it's very practical. If you're going to get your way to the destination of closeness with God and hearing his voice, I want to encourage you, stay on the path. Have you ever had that moment where you put in something into your, into your GPS and then it tells you to turn, but you don't think it's right, and so you choose to ignore it, and you find yourself in Missouri? That might have been me yesterday. There's something about us that doesn't trust the path. Something about us that gets uneasy and anxious when we don't recognize the way that we're going or where our path has taken us. God in his word is a reliable guide for our path. God in his word promises a good result when I dive in and understand his character. And so you're going to be tempted over the next couple of days to just give up on the path, to just stop altogether. And I want to encourage you, stay on the path. Because this is the way, the good way, that leads to peace. I want to close right now and invite uh, my good friend Brad Herndon up here. Um, you can applaud if you want to. I would encourage that, but um, I'm going to keep talking as we keep going. So applause and then good. Brad, Brad and I have um, one challenge for you and one opportunity. And as he makes his way up here, I want to start with the challenge. Brad, this is going to be no surprise. Here's the challenge that us as a pastoral team, us as a church, we have together. This week, I want to encourage all of us, I want to challenge you actually for, for the next six days, starting tomorrow, read God's word. Listen to God's word. Be in God's word. And the way that we have um, actually designed this here at Harlan is a, is a tool that we have called The Journey. The Journey is actually something that we put out on a weekly basis that has daily readings for that week that you can access. And we don't do this because we like putting together Bible reading plans. We do this because we actually want our church community to be engaged and to be moving together down the same path towards God. And so, uh, Brad, uh, right now we're in the middle of uh, Philippians mm -hmm. chapter 1. It's got four chapters. You could read the whole entire letter in Philippians in probably one commercial break or one YouTube ad spot. I don't know how we measure time anymore. Um, but, but it's short is my point. And uh, this past week, we just started the first couple of verses in Philippians chapter one. And so tomorrow we're gonna be in, in, in I think Philippians one verse 15. And so in the next like 13 seconds, you could read and catch up the whole entire thing that you missed last week. Um, you can find the journey uh, by going to our website, Heartland church.org and then in the media tab you can find the journey right there but I'm a millennial 
I like to do things a little bit more sophisticated, a little more sleek, a little bit more integrated into my life. And so I, I use the Heartland app. Stop looking at me like that, man. <laughs> You're like barely a millennial. Barely. Like I'm like on the cutting edge of millennialism. Yeah. The Heartland app, if you search in the app store, Heartland Community Church, and then look for uh, that, that screen. Right there, right in the middle, it says daily devotions. And that's how you can access the journey. You can sign up to have this put into your email inbox uh, every week, and then it, it just helps you walk through it. And what I love about this is that um, this isn't written by us. It's written by people in our church who love God's word and want us to know it together. And so I'm going to be reading along and I want to encourage you, take a couple of minutes each day this week. You can do it. It is a path that will lead you closer to God. And we as a church want to help guide us through there. That's one challenge. I hope you'll take me up on it. Brad, what's our opportunity? Yeah, the opportunity here is, as Dan said, every week we're going to be talking about a different path a different ancient and proven path that helps us find God and get to know him better. This week was scripture. Next week, we're gonna talk about the path of prayer. We're gonna talk about the path of community, the path of Sabbath, like Dan had said, and others for the next two months. So how do we practice the path? You know, because it's one thing to walk up to a trailhead and look at it, and which is, this is kind of what we do on Sunday morning, is we look at this and we go, wow, that's a great path. But the goal here is that we would begin to walk the path. Paths are meant to be walked. And, the, yeah. and I would say we've actually taken the first step on the path today. You have, if you're online. We've taken that first step, but we want to take the next step together. And so this week on Wednesday, every Wednesday at 12 o'clock at noon on Facebook, uh, uh, I'm going to be hosting a Facebook Live called Practicing the Path. And this is when we really begin to move our feet and get practical. This week we'll talk about how do we get practical when it comes to reading the Bible? What are some of the, the tools that are at our disposal? What are some of the places that we can get stuck and how do we do this uh, with one another together? And so I'll, uh, I'll, have, I'll be hosting Dan this week. We'll continue the conversation. And every week during this series, I'll have someone different as we talk about how can we do this better? How can we do this well? And how can we do this? Not just for the sake of, of doing it, but so that our relationship with God begins to change uh, as a result of it. So you do have to be on Facebook. Um, you do have to go to the Heartland page and like Heartland. Hopefully you like Heartland, but also you'll like actually follow and like Heartland on Facebook at HCCKS is our social media handle. If you're not on Facebook, we are going to be archiving these and up uploading them later to our YouTube page. Maybe you do things on Wednesdays at noon and can't jump in at that time. We totally get it, but you still can catch up later. If you, are, if you do participate at noon, you actually can throw in some questions and some chat into the discussion as Dan and I are talking that we can be responding to. Or if you have things you want us to talk about, um, send, those, send an email to us, send a message to us. We would love to know what are we wrestling with together when it comes to walking the path of scripture. So Wednesdays, noon, Facebook Live. This is kind of embarrassing, but I totally tuned you out. <laughs> when is it again? Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, I didn't tune him out. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday at noon. Wednesdays. Wednesdays at noon for the next, well, this is an eight-week series. So yeah. uh, maybe say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take 30 minutes a week. Uh, that's one, one step I can take. Wednesdays at noon, Facebook Live. Cool. Yes. That's awesome. We uh, shared already. The best way for us to start down this path is by asking God for help. So would you stand to your feet as we wrap up today and, and conclude? I want to just ask God for help for us as a church uh, as we always come to his word, but also for us and you and your life this week as you go to God's word and you hear his voice. Let's pray. God, uh, it's so amazing that you are a God who wants to be found and is not far off. You're a God, in, in fact, who has closed the gap between us and you're always revealing to us things about yourself that show us who we are. 
So God, you're good and you're holy and you're pure and you're generous and you're kind. And I pray that you would help us as we open your word, as we look at the different letters that were written to churches, as we look at the life of Jesus, as we understand the history of how um, the context that Jesus came into and out of and what you're doing and what you want and who you are, God, would you help us to be changed by your word? This is our prayer for our lives. This is a prayer for our church because you are good and we want to know you. And so in your name we pray. Amen. Harden, we love you so much. We will see you next week.